I like this one. This is a real good one. It almost feels a little Christmassy, kind of. Maybe wintry. What's up, Buck Johnson? We're only two minutes late. We're improving. Hello. Hey, Buck. Hello, Orthodox in Montana. Um, you're going to have to... You're gonna have to make a decision here. You gotta decide who is your daddy. Is it Buck or is it young old boy? Buck. You firing young old boy as your daddy? Well, he can still be my dad. Buck's my daddy. Ah, there we go. Buck's a good daddy. And shout out Dave Smith. You see who his guest is today on his show? Uh, Tucker? Yeah. Yeah. Dave is doing well for himself. All right, let me see if I can find this. Here we go. We got some commentary on the show from one of our beloved loyal listeners in the King Pilled Discord. He very gently critiqued our take on millennials. And I think it was So we banned him. <laughs> Kicked his ass right out. We don't want to hear none of that. No back talk. We We're starting a cult, okay? <laughs> yeah, we need one hundred percent buy in from every one of you. If you're gonna be part of our community, you can never critique us. I am the one who critiques. You can treat you can critique each other, but yeah. Not us. Not us. <laughs> Above reproach. Two <laughs> uh, bit says my volume is low. Well, that won't do. Yeah, Matt, your volume is a little low. Well, let's see. Let's see why that is. How do? Uh, yeah, chat. Tell us how we sound with relation to one another. I presume I'm I'm loud, or louder than him. I don't think that I... Oh, here we go. All right. Is that better? Is that improved audio? Do I sound better? I'm going to keep saying words. Maybe turn the music off. Oh, yeah. That would probably help. This is this is a really good one. This one I, I really kind of got settled into. That was good. Shout out Chill Hop on the AI music app on Restream. Um, okay. Yes. Audio is better. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, shout out 2-Bit Podcast, one of the YouTube channel members. He's not just a subscriber. He's a member. That means he gets a cool little Kingpilled logo badge next to his name. Um, apparently, you can actually you can make different badges that each badge indicates how long the person has been a channel member. So the longer they stay, the eventually there, there's a way of indicating that. And I realized that I set this up wrong. I should have put it so that the people who stayed past a certain point were the ones who got the king pilled badge but before that you just got a generic one so you guys you guys got lucky you just if you all you do all you have to do is sign up and immediately you get the little king pilled badge make you stand out in the chat and you get to support us we like that we like it we like it when people like us so much that they give us money 
That's a that's a good way to live life. Yeah, um, we encourage so you, you to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about money um, in part of what we do today, and, and people giving each other money. Um, so yeah, if you want to give us some money, you can you can sign up at the become a, a channel member. There's a button, a join button. Some people can't find it on mobile for whatever reason. I can't access it on mobile on any channel I ever see. Um, but if you're, so I have to go to desktop, but other people have signed up via mobile. Maybe it's an Apple Android thing. I don't know. Um, but in either case, it's five bucks and it gets you access to some emojis. Oh, I actually, I have a new, I put in a new emoji, um, because we got another member, uh, our first member banger? we got while not doing a stream. It's a banger emoji. Yeah. So you guys now, if you, if you, if you type out banger, you get a banger emoji. Um, so I think what that, what that puts us at, uh, zoomer. And you get uh, the Don Draper with a Zoomer haircut. Uh, fractal, which is a really cool math thing. Uh, you can get a fractal one. Strong is a big picture of, of, of Mike Menser looking like an absolute Chad. Um, there's the King emoji, which is the King Pilled logo. And there's another one. I don't remember which one it was now. Um, but yeah, these funny little things that people like to do on the internet to entertain ourselves. Um, all right. So... Yeah, as I was saying, we have a, a, a guy in our, our Kingpilled supporting listeners group, the, the awesome Discord, ser- Discord server, which you can also join if you'd like. Uh, subscribestar.com slash Kingpilled for now. For now, subscribestar.com subscribestar.com slash Kingpilled will get you in there. We're making renovations, so to speak. And at some point here in the near future, we're going to do a grand reopening uh, with some new features with, with a new um, uh, sort of a new ethos. And if you would like to be a part of that, sign up now and you will be automatically grandfathered in at the top tier, the top subscription tier, as soon as we relaunch. So it doesn't matter what tier you sign up now, sign up for the lowest one. If you'd like 10 bucks a month, that gets you in. That will automatically you get, it, get you onto the ground floor and it'll automatically get, get you grandfathered in at the top floor, the penthouse suite, uh, as soon as we we have our grand reopening. Um, so we were we were having a little chat in there the other day, as we as we are wont to do. And one of our guys, we call him Asset Layer CEO. He said uh, he he had some a critique for our millennial analysis, which we said, yeah, that's actually that's a fair critique because, in part, just because we haven't really talked about the millennials all that much we've sort of just mentioned them in passing <laughs> we and, just dismissed them <laughs> right yeah they're kind of a, it's kind of a forgettable generation you know there's not much to say so you got to forgive us it's easy to easy to forget about them um we've really the, what really got us going with the conversation was talking about the zoomer boomer uh relationship it pertains very much to the our immediate world right now but in the near-term future i think the millennials are obviously going to become uh more important they're going to be kind of come come onto the stage a little bit more than they are, and that's kind of one of the things that has characterized the millennials, is that by and large they sort of haven't been allowed to occupy the stage, or when they do, they get to occupy the stage in kind of this weird performative way, but it's not natural. Um, so there, it's it's almost become a bit of a lost generation that's been pulled between different kind of warring factions, and so it's 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 kind of a kind of a passive generation. Um. But what, uh, what Asset Layer CEO here said is, he said, I think the millennial analysis lacks a couple key things. 
First, I don't think the comparisons have been apples to apples. I feel that the most insufferable millennial tendencies are being put next to a niche cultural elite within Gen Z. Most Gen Z are just gay or sad or millennials without any motivation. Yes, this, this, is, this is fair and what he says is true. Um, by and large, when we've mentioned the millennials to this point, it's really been just sort of in passing. Um, we haven't really dug into them. And in mentioning them in passing, we're just kind of stereotyping. So we're picking out one of the easiest stereotypes, which is a stereotype that's characteristic of a lot of millennials. However, the on the flip side, we also have been speaking about a niche type of, of personality within uh, Gen Z. I, to me, I think the differentiations between the millennial spirit and the Gen or, or the Gen X spirit. I meant Gen X. The differentiation between these two spirits that he's talking about here, I think um, the millennial spirit tends to be much more of a, I don't know, collective, hive mind, hyper-social type of spirit. Whereas the Gen Z spirit naturally is a little more orthogonal to, to everything. So the niche Gen Xers are more uh, impactful on the society at large than the niche millennials are. I think, I think this is the case. Um, then uh, what's the other thing? He, say, he, said, he said the millennials have the boomer optimism and work ethic, although not the same rewards of that work, obviously. I think the millennials will inherit the power of the boomers, although it's a dwindling resource. Gen Z will have more cultural power. I don't think these generations get along well at all, so it could be a very acrimonious time. And I, I do agree with that by and large. I'd especially emphasize the fact that millennials are going to be inheriting the power of the boomers, which he points out as a dwindling resource. The, you can kind of think of these, the, the spirit of a generation doesn't inhabit just the people strictly born within those uh, uh, time borders. It's not like if you were born in 1965, you have a given personality, but if you were born in 1970, you're going to have a completely different personality. Or different, really? be inhabited by a different spirit. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> um, Damn, that's kind of throws a wrench into all the hor horoscope stuff I've been looking into recently. Oh no! Oh no! Did you meet one? No, no, I'm just joking. Oh, stuff's gay. I was trying to play with the bit. I was gonna let you. I was gonna let you roll with it if you wanted to. Well, you didn't really do a good job. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Should I continue? I forgive you. Go ahead. <laughs> um, there are particular age ranges that, um, where the exact time that you were born actually really does make a difference. Tobias Matt, too quiet. Too quiet again. All right, let's turn this up more. There, we'll see if that's better. And I'll just get real close to the mic here and breathe on it. Um, I don't know what what could have caused it to be that way. Um. Make sure I'm on the Remember, right you mic. had to do something with the like the automatic game last time. Is that oh, that's still right. on? Maybe. No, no, it's that's off now. Still. Test, 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 test. Yeah, I guess if I'm getting a little far away, it's yeah, whatever. Um, oh, you know what? I think this is it. Let's see if that makes it any better. I just realized that the music was still running in the background. I hadn't completely closed out of the program. So we'll see if that it was running, but it was it, the volume was turned all the way off. So maybe that suppresses the audio. Um, so there are there are generational points where 
with given specific events like a 9-11, it would make sense to me that being born before 9-11 versus being born after 9-11, even if it's a relatively small age window, is going to make a pretty big difference. Um, maybe like the moon landing would be another one of these, being born before the moon landing versus after the moon landing. These are big changes in, yeah, the, the moon landing. Um, these are big changes in, in the social psychology, the kind of the spirit, the zeitgeist. They, they shifted significantly in these in these periods but then kind of in the in the inner interim periods um, you get you can get groups of people that are a lot more like each other and then within a given generation in retrospect you can look back and you can see where the seeds that were going to become the spirit of the future generation were being um, were born they were starting to become manifest uh, our favorite example of this is Sam Hyde Sam Hyde is is an early millennial. He's almost back to Gen X. He's an early millennial, but he's very much manifesting the spirit of the boom, of the Zoomers. So, and you get this with with um, early Gen Xers as well, because this kind of can go the other direction. Where early Gen Xers are a lot more like the Boomers. There's a there's a, an overhang where you might be part of another generation and, and really kind of identified with that generation, but your personality is more like the, er, the earlier generation. These things aren't really hard and fast. They're kind of, they're kind of fluid. So it seems to me, this is kind of what I've been theorizing is that the millennial generation is sort of a generation that's getting pulled in half because of the way the world changed and how rapidly it changed and their position relative to that change kind of left them um, they got sort of pot committed to the old world, but then the old world really rapidly transformed into the new world before they got themselves fully established in, in the world. So like they went and they accumulated a whole bunch of student debt before it became clear that accumulating a whole bunch of student debt is going to be crippling to you for a really long time. It became obvious by the, middle to end of the millennial period time in college. But by then, many of them were already pot invested in that world. And then the world changed underneath them and they came into a new world. So the, so I think the incentives have worked themselves out such that the majority of the millennial category can be, can be divided into those who are I guess, more comfortable with chaos. They're a little more comfortable with this more kind of loose, individualistic, ride the tiger sort of entrepreneurial spirit. And then there are the ones who are much more like reflections of the boomers because the millennials largely were raised by the, by boomers and they're, they're implanted with this boomer spirit, but it's like the child of the boomer spirit which tells them all as one of the other guys in the, in the discord um, said, he said the boomers told the millennials to be shit libs. And so that's what they did. So many of the millennials embody this, this spirit. These are the kind of the hive mind sort of millennials that are like the ones in the video that we talked about the other day uh, that were doing the, the Hank's giving thing. These are, these are the, the millennials who are trying to live in the world that the boomers claimed they were creating. But the world the boomers claimed they were creating and the world they were actually creating were very different things. So the rug kind of got pulled out from underneath a lot of the millennial generation and it's forced them to go in sort of different directions. There's the ones who have 
they have more of this kind of conservative spirit and they're like they're they're conservative in like the the neoliberal sense we're like no 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 we need to preserve our institutions we need to it's kind of you might call them like the hr millennials i think is what what cooper said earlier these are like the hr millennials that get themselves invested in existing companies and they're really pot invested in the system so they've got a really strong incentive to make the like nine to five build your retirement account um you know have a hire a, a financial advisor to take care of your money for you get a a, a four by three in some suburban neighborhood and they're, so they're kind of trying to live the 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 boomer larp and those ones are increasingly becoming more and more neurotic because they're it's very clear that that life just doesn't exist and is not going to exist. Then there's another segment of the millennial generation that are much more like either Gen X before them or Gen Z after them, where they're kind of more, a little more, maybe not as far as jaded or cynical because they sort of maintain a bit of that optimistic millennial spirit, but they don't have a ideological or, um, sort of like an affectational attachment to whatever existing system. Maybe they, maybe it's because they never accumulated student debt. So they're kind of like, whatever, I can go do whatever I want. Maybe they just, maybe they were a computer programmer. So they went the programmer route and, um, you know, were kind of like a, like a mercenary, a digital mercenary for a while and landed themselves with a great job with a good company and, and whatever. Or they got a bunch of student debt, but they got a job as a lawyer or a you know a doctor or something like that, where they're just making a bunch of money and they, you know, they're just kind of living the life. Um, but they're not these these are the people who kind of generally are not getting really wrapped around the axle about what the future is going to look like because they are positioned to take advantage of it, which allows them to be a lot more innovative. And and in this sense, I see them as not being millennials per se i see them more as being a um a, an evolution of gen x or a proto gen z and the the millennial identity is they're like an exception to the rule of millennial millennial identity two bit podcast oh slow boy whiteboard says what up kings what up slow boy two bit podcast says sensible people living in unsensible times who are starting to figure out that Dave Rubin doesn't have all the answers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Moose Nuts says, Made by Jim Bob chat sent me. Nice. Shout out Made by Jim Bob. Good to know we've got to, we've got some, uh, there's some very fine people over there. Hello, Moose Nuts. talking Nut. about us. <clears throat> Welcome. Welcome to the chat, Moose Nut. We should have like a hazing ritual for someone that comes and like announces themselves as new to the chat. What's the hazing ritual? Hmm. It's best if it, it's not something that develops organically. It's best if it's something that is is very awkwardly conceived of at first and clumsily implemented. Like you could get a slice of American cheese or two of them, two of them, and like stick them to your nipples and wear them under your shirt all day. <laughs> what do you think? That would definitely make an impression, I think. I think you would, you would, if you did that, I think you would definitely remember for a week, the day for a week. Okay, yeah. You would definitely, so you would definitely remember the day that you first joined the King Pilled live chat because it was the day that you began wearing slices of cheese on your nipples. And you'd start to smell bad after a couple days. 
<laughs> well, we've got a whole yeah. bunch of new people showing up in the chat. So now you guys have your marching orders. Yeah, we got, <laughs> we've got, we've uh, got, uh pasties mitchell says pasties we're doing we're doing cheddar cheese pasties <laughs> that's how it's gonna go <laughs> what do you think cooper what do you think of this uh this millennial thing hmm about the disjunction between, yeah, like, what's your, what's your talking about? perspective? Yeah, what's your perspective on one thing that's been interesting as we started talking about this is I've had a number of people re reach out to me and basically be like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. What is this Zoomer <laughs> thing? What is what what is this Zoomer like view of the world? I don't understand this. Explain this to me. So so you you actually are kind of blowing people's minds. Me? They don't know what to do with it. Yeah, because they're like. I know like Buck reached out to me. Buck said, so like, what's, what's the deal with Cooper? Like what's, what, what, I don't understand his, <laughs> his, his point of view at all. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with him? Why is he so retarded? <laughs> we're apparently we're getting raided right now by, uh, by, uh, made by Jim Bob's chat. So they weren't just talking about it in the chat. The entire group has just come over here and inundated us. So welcome hey everybody. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah. Hello. It is Jim great Bob. to see you guys. Um, let me see if I can catch up on this here. Uh, hashtag made by Jim Bob Braid. Moral Meerkat is chimping. <laughs> uh, hello from the Made by Jim Bob show. What's up, Jessica Bowman? There is a ton of people in here right now. Holy crap. Um, someone was just funny. Someone was just talking about this the other day. Like what the, like if you could, if you could uh, raid the way you can on Twitch, on YouTube, apparently you can. So we need to figure out how to do this so we can go we can go raid other people because this seems like it'd be a lot of fun. People are asking us to, uh, they're saying we need to chimp out. My family's home, dude. You don't want to chimp out this time? <laughs> well, maybe this is why all these new people that have just showed up, if you want us to chimp out, you're going to have to watch another episode of King Pill at another time. We're teasing you. There's We're your hook, yeah. Uh-huh. A chimp out raid. So back you guys, to my... those of you who know what it is, you're welcome to, to chimp out right now. Yeah, go for it. Um, my thoughts on... I think that the bifurcation amongst the millennials has more to do with... I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with temperament. Hmm. Um, or like if you're more on the agreeable end you're more likely to be the Thanksgiving crowd. Yeah. And if you're on the disagreeable end, you're likely to be Sam Hyde or someone like that. Yeah. Where he was kind of, his hand was forced. So he kind of had to go the uh, schizo route. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a, uh, this kind of ties into the, the, the millennials being, the, the, the sort of the inhabitants of the millennial spirit being the ones who are um, sort of trying to inherit the world the boomers built. They're, they're trying to keep up the pretenses of, of liberalism, the pretenses of what this, what, this, uh, what this whole system ostensibly stands to be for. So they're very concerned with equity. They're very concerned with fairness. And you see this manifests, this agreeableness manifests both in the conservative sense and in the liberal sense. So I honestly, I think a lot of the people who get accused of being grifters in the political 
uh, commentariat on the right wing and left wing. I think there are legitimate grifters, but the reason those grifters are so effective is because they're inhabiting a personality that, that already exists. A lot of these people, the like really bizarre, cringy political posts that you'll see that are just kind of, you read it, you're like, how, I, I, what world do these people live in? How do they possibly think all this stuff is real? I think these people sincerely think it's real. You have conservatives, ostensible conservatives who are the young, they're kind of the ones who came up through like a lot of like the Ron Paul revolution and they got involved in like young Americans for Liberty. And they're very, um, they're just very naive. They, they, they think, they think we're kind of going through a hardship here. We kind of got to, got to uh, navigate through the choppy waters, but you know, eventually we're going to kind of ride it out and we'll, we'll sort of return back to some sort of stasis, but <laughs> the whole fucking thing's been flipped over. There's, there's no way the world in 10 or 15 years is going to look remotely like it does now or like it did 10 or 15 years ago. We're not going back to there. But the agreeable temperamented people are really just going to be along for the ride. They're not going to be the ones who are actually, I mean, they're basically on a slippery downhill slope to the coom pod unless somebody is able to redirect that energy somehow. And I guess I, I I have a hard time being able to, I don't know. I, I don't know how to talk to that person. I don't know how to relate to that person. I don't, I don't know what to tell them what to do or what to ask for from them. I just don't share a world with them. I live in a completely different world. So I'm, I'm technically a millennial, but I don't, I, I, I don't know how to relate to them. I don't see myself as the same species as them hardly i feel like i have more in common with you than i do with someone my age who i don't know is this sort of like a like the 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 boomer lights <sighs> matt what See what you did, guys. You broke his camera. How dare you? Because when, when I started banging on the table, hold on just a sec. Let me see if I can turn it off and on again. <laughs> it still says it's working, but it's not coming through. Well. That's it, guys. That's the end of the Kingfield podcast. We're done. It's over now.
You can go listen to uh, American football and maybe maybe cry a little. And be like moody and got van shoes on and got your cutoff skinnies, your flannel shirt, your telecaster. Yeah. Contemplative and thoughtful. Uh oh, it's just me now. I got to come up with something to entertain the plebs. What's up, guys? I wasn't prepared for this. What's the name of this stream? What to do with the millennials? Gas him. He's back. <laughs> Came back just in time. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Now you know what it means to chimp out. 2-Bit Podcast says, sign up for a membership and help Matt help buy Matt a new camera. <laughs> it's the a, camera's not too bad. It's the cable. It's a good thing you showed up. Yeah, what was gonna happen? I was getting the people riled up. We were gonna, we were gonna go storm the Capitol. Oh boy! Declare ourselves the Senate. <laughs> um, okay, so I actually have something that'll illustrate what we're uh, what we're talking about a bit here. There's this guy on the internet named Man with a Van or Van Man. His name's Van Man. So he. There's a, there's a bunch of different lessons I think we can draw from this, but let me share this tab. Uh, so he started a, this company, a, let me go this way here. This is his brand, man with a van and a plan, taking down big toothpaste, tooth powder and tallow balm and more available. So he started this, this online health company where he's selling, uh, 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 he has a tallow balm and like a tooth powder that he created and he literally started the company when he lived in when he lived in a van um down by the river so he is this guy here like this is a fantastic example he strikes me from seeing the video of him he strikes me as probably a millennial he's probably somewhere in the early to mid 30s age and he might be might be late 20s but he's he's basically part of the millennial demographic and here he is he's used the power of the internet to make himself very uh, prosperous. I was going to say wealthy, but that kind of has a connotation. I don't want to. I don't want to give off here yet. It's he's very prosperous. He's this is this is fantastic ingenuity. He figured out how to build an online business that he can run and market himself on social media and doesn't need to be bought into the system per se. He's kind of tangentially through payment processors and all that sort of thing. But this is as far as you can get right now. And he's selling a great product. He's got great branding. His whole thing is, is, is brilliant. This is fantastic from a marketing perspective, the whole thing. Um, apparently, there was some, some sort of drama recently. He had a, a falling out with his business partner, and the company blew up. And from the sound of it, people didn't like him being uh, basically him, his brand being the brand of the company. They didn't like him uh, uh, like tweeting stuff that was provocative and getting involved in politics and all that sort of thing. They're really behind the curve. They're kind of like, oh, we need to build a respectable brand that that you know this 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 is this boomer light perspective. Nah, build your brand as with your personality, build it, market it, sell it however you want to, and make it whatever you want it to be. I don't care. 
So he essentially, from the sound of it, I haven't done a ton of research in this. I don't care. I'm just giving you guys a little bit of the context so you can understand what we're going to talk about with it. Um, he got into, it, he was getting into it with people on Twitter about this falling out and um, different aspects of it. And one of the big things was uh, the, the guy blocked me, the original guy he was having the, the debate with, but the guy was really mad about, he went and started looking into what, what his costs probably are. And he realized he was like, oh, I can get this gigantic uh, jug of tallow, you know, like, I don't know, a, a 200 pound thing of tallow or whatever. And it only costs this much. He realized that Van Man here has high margins. He's marked himself, his stuff up significantly. I went, and lo I, I looked at it. I think it's like um, probably, I think it's like 30 bucks for a tallow balm thing and, you know, 20 or 30 bucks for the thing of the tooth powder. So it's, it's expensive, but all these people are now complaining about him that he's overcharging. And these are not, these are not like, like wishy-washy SJW millennials. These are right, ostensibly like, this is right-wing Twitter. This is ostensibly like the whole right-wing dissident uh, overlaps with like, like soul bra and uh, th this whole like section of like right-wing health Twitter. Pete, Twitter, all these people. They're all bent out of shape going after this guy for charging too much. Yeah, they sound I, like Marxists. Yeah, they do. I think this... This this uh, this bourgeois guy who lives in a van. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure at this point he doesn't live in a van anymore. He's like... He's he's got himself to the point where he doesn't need to because he's very successful. Um. So this guy uh, was posting, complaining about it. He says, um, he says, I obviously charged a price that got you DMing me for more products for years. How much is your product? The, <laughs> and this is, this is a thing that you get these like dyed in the wool, like, uh, you know, uh, like right wing guys who are, who they turn around and they, they look at this and they, they turn into Marxists. Like you're saying, they get all, all worked up about, oh, you're, you're, you're charging too much for your thing. And that, like they, they somehow don't understand value subjective. What the thing is worth is what you're willing to pay for it. If you were willing to pay for it, he didn't rip you off. You didn't have to buy his Taliban. You didn't have to buy his, his, his tooth powder. He charged a price that you would pay for it because he's providing you a convenience. Yeah, and I mean, you're welcome. It's actually a major overhead uh, type of convenience. Yeah, you're welcome to go get your own tallow and make your own balm or whatever. Spend four hours making a bar, but to save yourself twenty bucks, you know. Right. So what are you? Oh, divide that. What is that? Five dollars an hour. Your your time. Right. Your time is worth five dollars an hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a poverty mindset. Yeah. More power to this guy. I'm gonna go buy his stuff. Just as a, just as a show of support, he had to re. He got basically kicked out of his company, so he had to. He has spin up a new website, get all of his, his products and everything over there. And, you know, here's the thing, like you could be really cynical about this. You could say that this whole thing was just a marketing scheme. It's just like, they're going to gin up this, like, oh, this big hullabaloo. And that's, I'm sure someone's going to do that. I'm sure someone has done that. It's brilliant marketing. It's fantastic. Kick up this firestorm, get everyone hoo-hawing about it and every and you 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 massively increase your exposure this is the way of the internet and it's not going away the people that 
master this sort of marketing are the ones who are going to be successful that are going to eventually rule the institutions of the future. We should do that. Hey guys, tell Jim Bob, we want to fight with him. Yeah. Yeah. All you, uh, all you Jim Bob Raiders go back and tell him, tell him we're coming for his fucking jorts. (laughs) He makes gay art. It's stupid. (laughs) He's ugly. (laughs) He's got too much hair. (laughs) Too hairy. (laughs) He's too short. I don't like it. it. Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> He's got a high pitched voice. <laughs> he does too many impressions. I can't trust him. I don't know which one's the real. If you could do all these different impressions, then how do we know that the that you, the one you see on the on the channel, that you're not an impression? I don't know what else can we do? How else can we fight with him? Uh, fight, fight, fight. They said in the chat. <clears throat> um. Oh yeah, Amy says. Shout out my lovely wife. She says, uh, make sure you're using the right link for Van Man. This is the link here. VanManscompany.com. Jim Bob said he wants someone to come troll him, apparently, according to Athanasius. And we are we are apparently the guys for the job. Mm. We're the guys for the job. He we'll rubbed his it. hands. He killed his cat. <laughs> <laughs> you would be a... This would be right down your... your uh, your strength here would be would be going and trolling him. Um, I hope he likes oh, this pictures was... of my feet. <laughs> you, you like when he does like a like a, a panel discussion. You get you you jump on the panel with him, and once he once he gets you on there, then you just sit there with your feet in front of the camera. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> uh, this was the the actually the first tweet I saw that got my my attention. Um, the guy tweeted, oh, here's his original tweet. So Van Man's profit margins must be insane. He sells two ounces for $34 and adds some oils, I think. The tub is 64 ounces for $32. And uh, then there's, here's a tweet of him from several months ago. I'm a Van Man tallow fiend. So this guy's all about buying this stuff. He was all about it. It was completely valuable to him. It was completely worth what he was paying for it. Then he found out that he could get it for less if he made it himself. But is he really getting it for less? Is that all you value your time as? If it's going to take you, I don't know, five hours to make it yourself, what do you? What's the hourly rate for your time? This is how you have to, dude. If I had to wrestle with tallow for eight hours a day. <laughs> I'd be charging way more than this guy. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. You can tell which people have and haven't actually tried to start a business and try to run a business. Um, This one here, getting dunked on for making a profit. Twitter gets gayer every day. Uh, Guy said, upmarking your product, how much? And he said, it's $29. MF's here acting like I'm selling an empty $500 course. It's a physical handmade product I started making in batches of 10 in my kitchen. I I just, when I came across this guy, I was like, this is, this is, uh, this is, this is exactly the sort of, of guy that I'm, that I want to be around. Like, I want people who think like this. Uh, let's stop sharing. Um, 
geez, you guys are flying through here. So this kind of illustrates, uh, I guess, uh, part of the mentality that I think this is, this is sort of indicative of a millennial, uh, the, the, the dichotomy, the dichotomy between millennials. I think this particular situation illustrates that his audience's response to him and his response back to them. He's, he's embodying sort of what we've been describing as this proto zoomer spirit, this sort of like nihilism to the conditions around you, which then can manifest itself in the negative zoomer stereotype of being what we typically call a nihilist. And it can manifest in the positive zoomer stereotype of like when it gets paired with extreme industriousness, this guy's just like, he's carving himself out a, a, a business and he doesn't give a shit who's, who's going against him. Like whatever conditions you put around me, I don't care. I'll, I'll figure out a way to, to game this system and be successful with it. One of our inspirations, one of our, our um, favorite, I don't know, commentators or, or, or um, public figures is a guy named Alex Ramosi. The guy's brilliant. Some of the, the absolute best sales content that I've ever seen, his sales trainings and, and the, way he, the way he gets you to think about engineering marketing content to get people's attention and be persuasive to them, which all really begins with, with starting with something of value. You have to be able to provide something of value to people that makes their life better. You have to solve problems for them. If you solve problems for them, they'll come back to you and ask you to solve more problems for them. And then you can charge them for doing that. And this is a good, noble, honest, important thing to do. Because if you've ever tried to start a business and you just give stuff away to people for free and you keep they giving piss them all free, over it. Yes. They don't value it. It sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Don't do it. Yes. So what you do is you figure out something you can give away for free easily that has a limited uh, time horizon, whether it's a specific, like a piece of content that you've just like made and you deliver it to them. You made it once and you can give it to them as many times as you want or a specific limited service. I'm going to do this for you for free. When I'm finished doing this thing for free, you'll have the opportunity to pay for the succeeding things. When I solved this problem for you, you then realized you had all these other problems that needed to be solved. And it just so happens now you know someone who can solve those problems for you. This is the foundation of a healthy relationship. What Alex Hermosi, so the, the way Alex Hermosi is doing this is he first started off with a, um, uh, he was selling training. He was doing like, like physical fitness training, very much like what, what we're doing. And he would actually go to a gym and actually train people. And then he, that he, the next thing he did is he started training. He, he started hiring gyms or contracting with gyms to bring him in. And he would recruit a whole bunch of people for the gym and essentially launch the gym. He started his company gym launch. And then he realized rather than him flying from gym to gym, to gym, to gym, to gym, and doing this, it would be easier to put it into a course, to put all of this knowledge, contain it into a course and sell it to gym owners, give them the blueprint of everything he would do for them. So then rather than him being the one to show up and do all the work and have to fly all over the place and never get a break, he would sell it to them and he could do this as many times as he wanted. So this is how he built his company gym launch, which he ultimately sold for a ton of money. Then he started a supplement company 
that he would pair with gym launch. So he didn't even have to market the supplements. The gym owners would come to him and buy them from him. Then, so now the thing he does, he owns this site called acquisition.com. What he does is he takes companies that are over a million dollars in revenue and uh, becomes partnered with them. He, he, he come, takes an equity stake. And in return for that, he takes his entire empire he's built and uses it to grow their company. So when he grows it, when he grows their company, his equity stake increases. And so his net worth right now, I think he's 32 or 33, and his net worth is in the low to mid several hundred millions. Now what he's doing is he's taking everything that he's learned along the way. He's putting it into, he's, he's written books. He's putting it into book form and he's putting it out as all forms of content all over different podcasts, YouTube, uh, uh, Instagram, everywhere. Alex Hormozzi, you can look up Alex Hormozzi and you'll see him all over the place. He's the guy that wears the, uh, the nose strips all the time. And he... He gives, so he gives all of this away for free. Here's how to start a business. Here's how to get your first however many clients. Here's how to market. Here's how to run Facebook ads. Here's how to do uh, phone sales. Here's how to close someone. Here's uh, how to overcome objections. Here, every single one of these things he puts out for free. Because what he's doing is he knows that there's a segment of the people out there who are going to resonate with what he's saying. And they're going to be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm starting my own company. I've got an idea. I'm going to start a company. And I'm going to use his model to grow my company. And if I'm good enough at it, if I'm successful enough, I have a good, a good product, I do it well, eventually I'll get to the million dollar mark. And now I've become a customer for him, for his business. So he's using this same model. He's used it on like a, here you go. Here's the word, a fractal level. You heard of fractals? It's a cool math, math thing. thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give us some fractal emotes in the chat, subscribers. How do we do that? Oh, we got a new subscriber. Welcome to... Uncle Mitchell Chin. Shout out Mitchell Chin. Good buddy of mine. He just uh, just signed up. Let me get, get, a, get a fractal in here. Fractal. There you go. Fractal. Um, he used this same, this same model to build his first company. His very, very first company. He started out, he just posted on social media and just said, hey, I want to get five people. I want to teach you how to lose weight or, or do whatever fitness thing he did. And, um, I think the first thing he did is he had people just make a donation to a charity in his, in return for the services he gave them. And then pretty soon he's like, all right, now I'm the, I'm the charity, give your money to me. Um, but he'd given, he'd delivered the value to them ahead of time. This delivery of value put them in a position where they felt obligated to give him something in return for the stuff he'd done for them for free. So he built that, his first company that way. He had like five clients, I think. He built the company that way. Then, now, yes, after all of this time, he's using the exact same model with his company that he runs now, where he puts out, cranks out tons and tons of free content, lets people self-select themselves to the top to where they become someone who actually is reaching out to him and they apply to work with him. They're like, hey, we want to give you a share in our company in return for you blowing it up. Cause we would rather have a smaller piece of a bigger pie than a bigger piece of a smaller pie. This guy. So this guy's a millennial. He's very much a millennial, but he doesn't have this, this, the, the, he's not an HR millennial. He doesn't care what the political system is. You could, you could put him in North Korea and he'd figure out a way to be successful in North Korea. 
just pick them up and plant them somewhere. Okay, what's the system? How does it work? What are the rules? Just tell me the rules of the game, and I'm going to figure out how to use the rules of the game in my favor to advance myself in the game. That is a spirit that I want to see more of. This whole uh, political part of social media where everyone's got all their little, their, their niche political ideas they've gathered around. They formed little communities that are sort of, that are adjacent to these and they all kind of sit around and talk to each other in these communities. And this is great for the sake of entertainment. And, you know, we've got our own little community of people that sit around and talk to each other about stuff. This is great for the, just the sake of community, but it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be like this always. I think we're going to see a progression uh, uh, the the people who who begin selecting themselves out of the horde, the people who begin opting out of the silent majority, are going to be the people who don't just sit around theory selling themselves to death. They're the ones who actually start proactively generating value, regardless of what the economic circumstances are. The guy that if he's homeless, if he's living in his freaking van and he's got a cell phone, he's going to figure out how to start a business. And get himself out of his van. This is the sort of there's a there's a creative spirit of of, of ingenuity and just straight up degaff in the the zoomers that you see beginning. It's rising among the first Gen X and then into the millennials, and then it really is coming into its own in the Zoomer generation. That's something that I am. That's something I want to do, do, play a part in cultivating. I want to inspire people to begin thinking of life that way. Because it just so happens that if your goal is actually to make some sort of substantive change to society, if you have your political ideals that you want to see instantiated, the only way that's going to happen is if you start building something that matters right now. It's going to take a while. You're... You can't be some Johnny come lately that hops onto a political campaign and sort of hopes that's going to sort itself out. That system's the one that's dying. You have to start thinking long-term. Build something of value today. The time for talk is done. There's lots of talking that's happened. The millennials love to talk. This is a millennial thing. Sitting and talking. Theory selling. But it, it's time to start building. We have time for action. Because things are going to change a lot. Things are changing a lot. And I think that this change is going to keep accelerating because and there's a lot of reasons for that. The technology curves are, are funky. Once you start getting into exponential functions, things change faster than you can keep up with. This is what's happened with the millennials is they got rug pulled. A huge amount of the generation got rug pulled. They, they, they signed up and paid an ungodly price to get their foot in the door of a system that was dying. They're and on a sinking ship. Now they're competing with high schoolers for 15 bucks an hour. Yeah. Imagine being in your 30s, being the, 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 the children or the grandparent or the grandchildren of people who were well-to-do, comfortable, 
some of the wealthiest, most stable, peaceful, prosperous people in the history of the world. You're in your 30s and you're competing with high schoolers for a job. That No wonder they're demoralized. But there's nothing that you can, everyone, everyone's waiting for someone to come along and to, to right the wrongs in the system, to restore equity to everyone. The system's taken advantage of these people, these poor people. This is the way the system advances itself, is by using one faction to generate the circumstances that produce resentment in another faction, and then cultivating that resentment to weaponize against another faction. It's cultivated, weaponized resentment all the way down, which is the like the ultimate deconstructionist force. And just sitting around and waiting for the person who's you know, the, just the right political guy, or you know maybe this election cycle it's going to be this guy, and then following that is going to be the different guy, and and so we got to sit around and sort of like wait for the dust to settle. But when regimes don't collapse into dust, regimes collapse into new regimes. So whatever this regime turns into is going to be another regime. It's going to be it's going to be born as this one dies. So if you're waiting for it to 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 manifest to you, you're going to be subservient to that regime just like you're subservient to this one. So the time for action is yesterday. You have to build something. I don't know exactly what the 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 future um I, I don't know exactly what it's gonna morph into. I don't know how it's gonna gonna proceed exactly. This is something I'm trying to really I'm truly trying to get my head around right now and start forecasting it. To try to get people's attention. Like this is you gotta start skating to where the puck is going, not to where it's at right now. It may feel like things are sort of held in stasis, but they're not. There's a lot of stuff happening underneath the surface. Dramatic changes are coming. I don't know exactly what they look like, but I can see the different forces that are going to produce them, and each of these forces individually would produce dramatic changes. Now we have, like, massive uh, energy building up across a whole bunch of different sectors all at the same time. And when the, when the shift happens, it's going to be cataclysmic. But by the time you realize the shift is happening, it will already be happening. And you'll just be in a reactive state to it. You may, it may be too late already. You may already be in a reactive state. The question is, are you going to be in a better reactive state or a worse one? If you're not in a place right now where you can ride out and thrive and, and explode out of the back end, ooh, that's kind of explode out of the back end of whatever the, this turbulent time is, if you're going to struggle to make it through some sort of massive economic, political, social transition, then you need to be working on, like, this This needs to be your sole focus. You don't have time for hobbies that aren't hobbies focused on ensuring that you navigate this transition properly and thrive throughout it and thrive beyond it and ensure that your children thrive beyond it. You don't want your children left holding the bag like the millennials were. The millennials are the ones who showed up. Everyone told them to go take your bag and go walk up there 
and hold it out and someone will give you a nice treat. Trick or treat. <laughs> yeah. And they walked up with holding out their bag for their nice treat and somebody took a shit in the bag. <laughs> someone t- straight up dropped trow, turned around, squatted in it and just unloaded. And then had the audacity to tell them to get bent when they didn't like it. It's the Michigan 45. (laughs) Is that an actual thing? Well, you see, I know a guy who used to be a janitor at one of the local car dealerships. And so he'd go there at night to clean out the, uh, you know, clean the place. And one of the like uh, big wig executive guys at the car dealership had his own bathroom and the guy was morbidly obese and every single night he'd go in there to clean the bathroom and sure enough from the top of the the tank down to the bowl onto the seat was just a line of shit because every time this guy bent over like 45 degree angle it just starts spraying so he called him the michigan 45 That's gruesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rough. That is a good, a pretty good uh, visual, though, for for the world that, for really the world that the that the Zoomers are inheriting. Symbolism happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I love you, know, you. You tell something, and there's a delay, so then I can see it hitting the chat as they start. Oh. <laughs> Trump Whopper says the sky is falling. The sky is falling. I don't know if that's directed at, <clears throat> like, our, like if he's saying that that, that we're being chicken little. Um, it's not that the sky is falling. It's that, like, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Yeah, it's like the Earth is moving underneath you, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. This this is going to be a very positive happy thing for a lot of people a lot of people are going to benefit from it tremendously but there's going to be a period of significant unrest as people are trying to figure out what this new world is going to look like we're only just like on the scale of of human society we're only just starting to understand what social media does social media has really been around as like a significant thing for like 15 years that is that is zero time at all. That's like 1955 to 1970. That's not that's not much time for for our species to really um, figure out how we're going to rearrange ourselves around this new reality. And this is a lot of these things are toothpastes that you can't get back in the tube. The, the change has been made. The change is done. And now we're experiencing the consequences of it. We're experiencing the way that it's going to ripple through society. It's changing the way that we organize ourselves. Now it's much more common for people to have friends on the internet than to have friends in real life. Think about that. Like 10 years ago, people were talking about how crazy it was if you met somebody online and got married to them, 
Now, it's kind of weird when you have a friend in real life. It's kind of like, hey, like, I met somebody at my job that I'm friends with. Like, we have stuff in common. Isn't that crazy? I actually have someone I could, like, go out and get drinks with. We actually see the world similarly. That's, that's seen as something that's unique, that stands out. This has happened not even within a generation. It's happened within a, a fraction of a generation. These are massive fundamental transformations that are just going to keep happening. And a, one of the biggest reasons why I think there hasn't been more transformation is the holdover of the boomer worldview because of the way that they've, they've outstayed their welcome, essentially, remained in positions of power and had everyone backing up behind them. And that plug is going to get pulled. And there's going to be a mad dash. There's going to be a scramble and a reorganization. I don't know what that reorganization is, ex is, is exactly going to look like. But I think you can, if you start looking for it, if you start recognizing this and you sort of back your mind out of the idea of a, a, um, of this society persisting with little evolutions and you, 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 you kind of open up your, your frame of view and be willing to imagine dramatic change. Then you can begin skating to where that puck is going rather than where it is now. Do you have, uh, do you have any thoughts so far on any of this Cooper? No, I was enjoying your monologue. Well, that's good. The vengeful son. Yeah, we need we need to. I've lost kind of kind of lost track of what I've talked about on here and what I've talked about in the voice chat in the in the Discord. We need to talk more about this vengeful son thing. I think in public, Jason, because we had a really long talk about it the other night. Like what the vengeful son means, what it's what it's going to stand for, and. This is this is definitely Jason's uh, coining his 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 neologism. Not I guess it's not a neologism, but his concept, and it's based off of essentially have the the immediate uh, pre World War II generations were the um, the uh, the the tyrannical father. They're the ones who really built the American Empire. They they laid the foundation for the American Empire. This is the tyrannical father, and then immediately after that is the devouring mother. And this is really the, what characterizes the boomer generation. It's this this uh, kind of the the father is off conquering distant lands, and the mother is the one that's staying at home and trying to keep the house together. But ultimately, when the, when you have an absent father, the mother ends up trying to be a father, and that doesn't go well. What you get is really resentful children. And those resentful children ultimately resent their father. So there, it's a it's a lashing out. The vengeful son motif here then is kind of a collective spirit of lashing out against the system, like giving the finger to the system in a variety of different ways. And this happens on a micro level and on a macro level. Trump was probably, I think Jason would say, Trump would be the the prototype for this the trump phenomenon this was this was people beginning to just like they're not voting for trump because of his policies they're voting for trump because he's a middle finger and what he is is a middle finger to the system that promised them everything 
and abandoned them and did nothing for them. Was explicitly hostile to them in this really patronizing, like people are like, I don't, I don't, I don't even care anymore what the system looks like. I just hate libs. I just want to see libs suffer. That was yep. the Donald Trump phenomenon. That was, that was what really motivated the Donald Trump phenomenon. And it's going to get, <clears throat> it's going to get a lot more uh, uh, focused and intense. Uh, two bit says, uh, this is, this is Jason here. I'm talking about right now. Um, two bit podcast. He says, think of it like this. The vengeful son is the inversion of the prodigal son. So the, we've talked about it before is kind of like a trust fund kid. Like you get the, the trust fund kid who like the boomers would be the trust fund kid who had the, uh, basically the world was kind of given to them on a platter and they ate well from it. Fat got all fat and happy, but then there was nothing left on the platter anymore. By the time they were done, they didn't just eat that platter. They ate all the other platters as well. Massive, massive consumption. They even ate the literal platters. Yeah, yeah. They even, yeah, they actually consumed the platters themselves. There aren't even platters left to put food on. Everything, the seed corn of all of future generations has already been consumed to try to maintain the the expected boomer standard of living. So eventually you get people who are like, okay, if you're not gonna give me the food that I want. If you're not going to feed me, if you're not going to provide me anything, I don't need your household anymore. I don't need this system anymore. I don't, I don't have any obligation to it. I have no reason or motivation or incentive to maintain it. In fact, I've got a big incentive to burn it to the ground, to just completely destroy it and piss on it. Salt the ground where it was before. So it's not just like, it's not just like disinterested disengagement from the system. It's active hostile warfare against it. Yeah, that re- <clears throat> everything you just said really sums up uh, the Zoomer mindset. Mm-hmm. Elaborate. Hey, you just put to words basically how I feel. Okay. About the current system and such. Mm-hmm. And there's this, there's this. I, I don't care. None, none, none of the things that like ostensibly are supposed to like, none of the sacred cows that Americans are supposed to bow down and worship or that we're supposed to share in common. Like none of those lines, none of those cows, none of those fences. I don't care about them anymore. They mean nothing to me. Trump whoppers said MAGA kids will be the bane of society for generations. No. MAGA kids will be society. That's what I'm saying. There isn't this like, there isn't this abstract thing called society that people come and go from. There are different societies. When one, when a group of people dies off, the thing that follows them is a new society. The society is constantly reorganizing and changing itself. So the people that are someone who's 25 today, who sees the world the way Cooper does, 20 years from now, he's probably not going to see the world the same way, but it's going to be an evolution on the way he sees the world right now. And that guy is going to be the middle-aged, like stable center of society. 
Oh boy. <laughs> yes. You like th- there is no way that you progress over this next 10, 15, 20 years without massive transformation. Because what you've gotten now is something something has happened through the progression of the millennial generation. There's like a switch that's been flipped in the middle of the millennial generation where the people who are growing up now are not only not as invested in the system as the previous generations, they are becoming more and more actively hostile to it. And this is happening at the same time that the system is beginning to manifest signs of weakness and corruptedness. Now, I don't mean corruptedness in the terms of corruption. I mean, like a, a metal that has impurities in it, where its weakness is it, it's, its strength and, and integrity is being compromised. The cathedral, the, the, the thing that people call the cathedral or the re- regime or the deep state or whatever, impl- in, in, inherent to the concept is that it's a, it's a thought control regime. This is how it functions. It functions by controlling people's minds and ensuring that everybody stays Biden, bought in, Biden, Biden, huh, that everyone stays bought into the system. The fact that the fact that the term cathedral is even in the conversation period is evidence of the incoming collapse of the cathedral. And I think people hear that, they think about that and they're like and they're like, "Oh yeah, I hate the cathedral." So if the cathedral collapsed, then I'm going to imagine society as it, as it is right now except without this influence of the thing called the cathedral. But that's not what it's going to be. If the th- cathedral collapses, there's going to be an evolution on it. That power is going to flow somewhere. It already is flowing somewhere. This is the opportunity if you're trying to accord some power to yourself, this is the time when you do it as the thing is collapsing, as you're going through this transition. Because if you if you track the way each of these transitions has gone, I don't think there's much optimism that the next system is going to be less tyrannical. It's going to be more. But it's going to be tyrannical in a different way. It's going to have a different spirit. It's going to impact our lives in a different way. But what we're seeing now is shifts in the way people even view something like society, the way people um, approach fundamental relationships between other people is being reimagined right now. This isn't just some sort of some next step in this repeating cycle. There is a repeating cyclic aspect to it, but that repeating cyclic aspect has a different character every time it comes back around again. So we're not just going in a circle. We're going in a circle, but moving forward at the same time. I guess it's a good thing that we've got lots of future other shows to do where we can elaborate on this in more detail. Cause I know that I can, I can feel like I, that I can feel that I'm, I'm, um, I'm speaking really abstractly here. I'm not giving a lot of, of, um, tangible examples what would you call that shape a helix is that a helix it's kind of like a like a like a like a it's a spiral but like a spiral could be two-dimensional so it's like a it's like a three-dimensional spiral i don't know 
whoa, I'm starting to think of like the circle of time in a very different way. Fractals? Fractals, man. Ashley Johnson says a helix. Kevin Doble, he says, um, <clears throat> oh, Dr. Crispy Rothschild, uh, transhumanist boomers will never retire or die. <laughs> um, Kevin Doble says, keep everything and everyone intertwined into the two-party paradigm control system. This is something that we might we might wind up having to do a whole episode on uh, the idea of a, of the of the of dialectics like this, because the it's not the two party paradigm control system per se. the The dialectic process goes much much deeper than that, and the two party system is a a particular type of this larger pattern. I mentioned a couple of the other episodes recently about that I'm starting to read Nick Land and starting to really actually grapple with what the accelerationists have to say rather than just sort of encountering their their whatever their their sort of uh, stereotyped dumbed down version of it is and I'm realizing that they 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 have a lot to say that I think is very relevant to this subject. I don't agree with their conclusions and I don't agree with their fundamental premise. But the thing that they're observing, this spirit they call they call capital, is actually a very real thing. I think it's a, it's a very ancient spirit that manifests in different ways. It's this yeah. fundamentally disintegrative spirit. Um, the Hegelian dialectic is another. It's a the Hegelian dialectic is someone looking at and trying to understand this spirit. But the spirit is not the same thing as the Hegelian dialectic. The Hegelian dialectic is a is a a um, an attempt to explain and understand the spirit. But this the spirit acts through um, this idea of of, of self reference of meta of um, which which ultimately creates this 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 dialectic effect, and it functions as a virus as it's as it it moves through society that gradually. Uh, detaches and sets against and sets people against each other. So it's like an atomization or like a diffusion effect. And what I'm what I'm thinking about and trying to 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 really formalize is first of all, what is this effect that that, that these people are describing? How can we understand that, particularly for for our purposes, coming from an orthodox perspective with orthodox anthropology, with an orthodox um, understanding of the world, what it tells us about reality. Within that context, what can we understand about this force that is dissolving society as it goes, dissolving and transforming society? Because this isn't a cycle that started with liberalism. Liberalism is an instantiation of this cycle. But even moving into a post-liberal world is not moving beyond this what the accelerationists call the spirit of capital or capitalism. It's a it's a it's a it's a corrosive force that you it seems to me like you you can't eliminate it from humanity. Like once it has been implanted in humanity, you can't eliminate it in material terms. Like there is no reaching a um, you know, the utopian society where we've, where we've somehow engineered away this 
corrosive spirit that keeps dividing us. We came up with just the right constitution or we wrote just the right um, batch of code. We, we organized ourselves in just the most perfectly engineered way so that now we can just kind of kick back and, and, and you know, live happily ever after. That never comes. This cyclical thing is going to continue throughout every... So the thing to do is to look for the meta um, position. What is, what is the position that you can occupy where you can ride this force however it moves? So it's trying to back you into a corner. So what position can you adopt that prevents you, pre prevents you from ever being backed into a corner? This is what I'm trying to formalize and, 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 and really understand right now. And so we'll keep doing future shows where we get into this. Um, Two Bit Podcast says, if folks want examples of the Vengeful Sun, tune into our show on Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to start to devote parts of shows to the topic. So yeah, go over to Two Bit Podcast. Go subscribe over there. These guys do great work. They talk about a lot of this stuff. We're going to be doing some more uh, cooperative efforts between our shows over the next few months. We've got a few different interesting ideas. Um, all right, you can probably start wrapping up here. Do you have anything else that, uh, that you want to get into or talk about or bring up? Cooper? Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> you look nice today. Thank you. I appreciate You're welcome. that. I always appreciate your Ted Kaczynski chic. You, you kind of, I can kind of imagine you living in a, in like a cabin out in the woods and you know, I'm the, in the bunker. The wood stove is just behind you, out of the out of the picture. You got a, a like a bearskin rug on the floor, and you know you're just bunkered down there. And whenever you're not, like as soon as you get off the show here, what I imagine is that you're gonna go back to like recording music and hastily scribbling stuff on pads and mailing bombs to industrialists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Going for a walk in the woods and talking to squirrels. <laughs> sounds like the life. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah, Cooper just Cooper doesn't want a lot. Like he just wants some land. Some not babies. even that. Like like an acre, an acre. Give me an acre, and like a farmhouse, and some bees. That's all I want. That's all I want. Uh huh. That's the life for me. Easy He's to please, man. That's right. Mm -hmm. So if you want Cooper to get his his acre and his farmhouse and his bees, then you can you can actually give us money. We will gladly accept your money. We have a lot of different we will ways you do can it. give us yes. money. We will take your money. Mm -hmm. One way you can give us money, probably the simplest, easiest, most straightforward way, is you can become a member of the channel. We very much appreciate the members of our channel. You can even send a super chat. You don't even need to commit. If you're afraid of commitment, you can just send a, su a super chat. That... that and in doing that, you actually get to show appreciation to our, our platform as well. Because our beloved hosts, YouTube, are so kind, so generous, they give us this platform where we get to talk to you. So you can give them some money and give us some money at the same time. Give us a super chat. If you don't want to give YouTube your money, then you can go over to subscribestar.com slash kingpilled. You can become a member of the, the Kingpilled Supporting Listeners Group which is soon to evolve into something uh, much cooler, in my opinion. Very cool. Um, 
But if you sign up now, it doesn't matter what tier you sign up at. There's three different price tiers. Uh, you will be grandfathered in to whatever is coming next, yet to be named. Uh, and then the last thing, if you don't want to just be a, you know, the, the one that you can like be a, be a member or you can uh, give a super chat and then it's kind of just this, this sort of a, a small transactional thing between us. But if you want to get some real genuine value out of your investment, we have a program for you. We do. That you, we do. We do have a program for you. This program will make you better. If you're a, if you're a man, you got to be a man. Got to be a man. Got to be a Christian. Ideally, you're a father or you're planning to become one and probably over 25. If you're under 25, you can reach out. We'll talk to you. We're open to it. But ideally, Christian father over 25. If you're in that age bracket, that demographic, and you are unhappy with your physical health, if you don't like your physique, whether from a aesthetics perspective or just maybe you feel weak, you feel like you can't keep up. Maybe you're a dad, you can't keep up with your kids. You get winded easily. Maybe you get sick all the time. You're frustrated. You feel maybe you got the brain fog going. You don't sleep well. Maybe the 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 dick's not as hard as it once was. You know, you don't you don't gooning too much. And feel it. Yeah, you're gooning too much. Maybe you're a little depressed, anxious, stressed. It's a very dis depressing, anxious, stressful time. That's fair. But you've got to be a man. You got to be a man, which means you need to be functioning at the peak of your capacity. And it turns out that your capacity can actually be increased. It takes some work, but it's not as hard as you think it is. You've been, you've been conditioned to think that building muscle is a huge investment that takes a long time. And you've got to do all this work. You got to become a gym bro. You got to, you got to drink protein shakes. You got to carve out hours of it. Of, you got to carve out hours and hours every week, go off to a gym, do this whole, whole rigmarole. Got to deal with, you know, TikTok thoughts dancing around your gym, you know, like, you're going to, you're going to sit in the wrong machine. Someone's going to yell at you. You got to try to like wipe off the ass sweat and everything. Like, so there's, there's everyone has this, 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 uh, obstacle to going and building muscle. And it turns out that it's actually very easy. There's a very easy formula for building muscle. It takes simple, maybe not easy, but simple. yeah, not easy. It's simple. It's simple. Yeah. Cooper, you, you actually just today participated in this i was on the phone with you while you were doing it so i can vouch that it took you about 20 minutes when it, what was your what was your experience like today mm, i did have to wipe like there was this big fat gorilla man who sat on the pack deck and didn't wipe it off and left just like a streak of sweat down the back that i had to put my chest up against so that was annoying because i had to wipe that down um <clears throat> but aside from that yeah, it was great 15, 20 minutes, I was out. Mm -hmm. So what we subscribe to is a form of training called high-intensity training, which is not to be confused with high-intensity interval training. Uh, but it is the most efficient way of the healthiest and most efficient way of building muscle. And like Cooper said, it'll take you maybe 40 minutes a week. 30 to 40 minutes. If you've got stuff at home, you can do it at home. You don't even need to have weight equipment. You don't need to go to a gym if you don't want to. You can start off with just body weights. So if if strength training has been something that you've maybe been interested in, but you haven't wanted to get into, or you've son, sort of done it, but you've never been able to stay consistent, you're afraid of getting hurt, um, what are some other, some other things people say? Like some of it's just the motivation, don't know what to do. These are a lot of the things that we hear from people that, that have come into our program. I'll be your coach. I'll yell at you. 
Yes. Cooper will berate you. Cooper will get your ass off the couch and he'll support you in the whole process. You'll get his, you'll get his number. You'll be able to talk to him directly and he will coach you through the process of building muscle. And it it can happen a lot faster than you think. So if that's something that's interesting to you, we also have a nutritional um, protocol that we can, we can help you with. Uh, We can help you uh, refine your diet to both um, maximize metabolic performance and um, increase the muscle building capacity of your diet. Um, and if you have something like, uh, like our, our good buddy, Xavier, he's dealt with lifelong GI issues. And we said, here, change a couple of these things and see what happens. And oh, like, within days, he was telling us, okay, it's completely gone away. And now if I go away from your recommendations, it all comes back. So um, if you've, if you've got GI issues or, um, you know, immune disorders, chronic, chronic uh, uh, inflammation, these sorts of things, then we can make you some, some recommendations as well toward that end. So if this is something that you're interested in, um, you can either go to thirdpositionnutrition.com and you can schedule a call there. Just book a call with me. You'll talk to me directly personally. And um, it'll be your introductory call to to becoming a client with us. That'll be the first place where we begin coaching you to help you start making better decisions with your life so that you can be healthier. You can be more aesthetically pleasing to yourself and to the others around you, which will make you a better man. It'll make you a better father. It'll make you a better wife, a better, a better wife. It'll make you a better wife. It'll make you a better husband. And it'll just make you a better person to everyone who you come in contact with. They'll like looking at you more and the increase in confidence and energy and virility that you get just from this one simple thing of building muscle will make a huge difference in all of your relationships. So if this is something you're interested in, thirdpositionnutrition.com, that's 3rdpositionnutrition.com. You can book a call there or you can shoot an email to matt at hyperboreanlodge.com. And I have that written in the description of this video. Um, so if you don't know how to spell Hyperborean, then you can go see it there. So Matt with two T's at HyperboreanLodge.com. Uh, just shoot me an email and um, I'll get you scheduled with a call so we can we can have your first coaching call and get you started on the process. All right. That is a lot of stuff that uh, we have said today. Um, looking at the comments here. Uh, oh yeah. Our subdeacon asked me what gooning was today. That was, we, we got a house blessing and my priest was talking to me about the, 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 the show and different episodes and stuff that we've done. He's like, Oh, it's really cool. You guys are going again. And, uh, somehow, somehow, uh, gooning came up in the, in the process of it. And my, my subdeacon <laughs> comes over. He's, who he is very much a boomer. He comes over. He's, he's what's, what's gooning? What is this gooning? Like, oh no. <laughs> I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> did you explain it to him? I did. Yeah. He, uh, he, he made some reference about, uh, uh, uh wanting to be swallowed up by death. So I think it went over well. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, uh, seven minute abs. Think about it. You walk into a video store, you see eight minute abs sitting there. There's seven minute abs right beside it. Which one are you going to pick up? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for, it's like, thank it's you for like showing up today. Five hour energy and six hour power. Did you ever see the six hour power? I don't know if they make them anymore. I've, yeah, I've seen it before. Yeah. So you have seven minute abs. So then what is it like? Eight minute glutes? I don't know if you need eight minutes for glutes. I mean, like, you could do like 
you could do like 90 second abs. That's, that's kind of that's our our protocol. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that is our protocol. And 90 second abs. So, all right, Trump Whoppers, you got to get 89 second abs now. Beat me. Um, oh yeah, when I when I described go- what a gooner is, um, <laughs> I priest said uh, said something about hashtag pictures you can smell. <laughs> my my priest is up on the on the uh, on the lingo in a very. Uh, more Gen X sort of millennial internet sort of way. He says, Trump Whopper says, no, 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 not six. I said seven. Nobody's coming up with six. Who works out in six minutes? You won't even get your heart going, not even a mouse on a wheel. <laughs> All right. We got to run. Cooper's got an appointment. Appreciate you guys. Well, Emmanuel with the strong emoji. Shout out Mike Menser. YouTube, subscribe, like. Uh, comment. Do us a favor. If you've gotten this far in the in the in the episode, throw us a comment. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Column Rock says third position is in the F word everyone uses wrong. Yeah, yeah, there something you. like that. Yeah, someone's picking up on stuff. Um, <laughs> Trump Whoppers is schizo posting in our chat, and I'm a fan. <laughs> Seven's the key number here. Think about it. Seven Eleven, seven dwarves. Seven, man, that's the number. Seven chipmunks twirling on a branch, eating lots of sunflowers on my uncle's ranch. <laughs> you know what? You know that old children's tale from the sea? It's like you're dreaming about gorgonzola cheese when it's clearly brie time, baby. Step into my office. Because <laughs> you're fucking fired. <laughs> Trump Whoppers is the best thing I've ever seen on youtube this is fantastic thank you sir or ma'am when are you rating jim bob dr chris we're all shout ask yes that's a good point we got i gotta fig- first i gotta figure out how to rate jim bob yeah how do you do that raid jim bob yeah i don't i don't know um we'll, we'll figure that out at, uh, at another point maybe i'll maybe i will message jim bob and ask him how to raid jim bob uh you can follow me on twitter at real king pilled instagram at real king pilled uh, Cooper on Twitter at Cooper Brooks. He just lurks, so that won't do anything for you. If you really want to talk to Cooper, then you either gotta um, gotta become a coaching client, or you can join the King Pill Discord. Um, so last pitch for the King Pill Discord. Really, it's a great place. It's going to be much better. Ooh, that sucked. It's going to be um, even better coming soon. So uh, we would love to have you there. Have a good night, guys. We'll talk to you later.